Hello and welcome. This is Connie Reagan-Green from HugeProfitsTinyList.com with another call in the podcast series. Today I have quite an unusual treat for us. We're going to be speaking with Carol Marshall. Welcome, Carol. Hi, Connie. How are you? Fantastic. I'm so thrilled to have you, and I'm going to give a little introduction as to how we met. I was a volunteer at the Santa Barbara International Film Festival this year in January, and that's a festival that I've attended off and on since its inception 28 years ago, and it's been so much fun over the years. And now that I live there part-time, I thought, gee, this would be a great opportunity for me to volunteer for a few days in a, in a row. And when I was choosing where I was going to volunteer, um, nothing really jumped out at me, and so I signed up for a couple of things. And one of them was press room, and I had no idea what that even meant or what it would entail, but I thought, you know, the people will tell me, certainly. I'll be able to get started. And on that first day, I was in the Starbucks, and you came up to me, and you saw me there in my volunteer T-shirt with my little badge on, and you said, are you, you know, you're, I, I can't remember how you, what you said in the beginning, but you introduced yourself and you said, thank you for being a volunteer. And I was so excited when you said that to me, that you were thanking me kind of in advance, and then it turned out I was going to be in your press room. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> and it led to me learning so many things and being part of something that was so exciting, and I definitely will volunteer you know, for the press room next year. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what that means, what the press room is for a film festival? Well, um, what we do is uh, we, t we invite and negotiate and handle and uh, everything that goes in between all the media that comes to the film festival to, uh, to cover it in one form or, or another. Um, so when we're inviting media, we're inviting with several things in mind, one of which is, uh, you know, the, the special events, the tribute events, which are um, kind of all within the context of the Academy Awards season, uh, So we, which means we get really great people there. And then, uh, then also press that are interested in the films that are coming to the festival. So we manage all of those uh, people, and we're talking, you know, several hundred uh, media outlets that come into town. And uh, our job is to make sure they see as many films as they can, meet as many filmmakers as they can, and write as much as they can about the festival. All right. Well, you got your start way back. I, I see that you and I have something in common. We both started in our business when we were just children. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I'm here at your site at cmarshallpr.com, and I see that you started in 1979, but kind of in a different, a different area of public relations and publicity. Well, it wasn't a different area. It was, it was, it was definitely entertainment, public relations. But it was my first introduction to the the industry as a whole. Um, but my first PR job, you know, as an assistant, I got to work with uh, Frank Sinatra, which was. Uh, pretty huge in my eyes. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and, you know, all sorts of amazing people, Barbara Streisand, and we worked on the Grammys and uh, worked with uh, Caesars Palace in Las Vegas when they used to do a lot of, uh, you know, celebrity events and stuff. So it was a really uh, fascinating introduction to the industry and much more interesting than commercial finance, which is where I started. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And the rest is history. <laughs> Okay, so, you know, like many people, then you worked for uh, someone else and then finally now, you know, have been on your own for a while. Yeah, no, I've, I was uh, 
I've, I've had four jobs in my life. The first one was commercial finance, then three years at Salter's Roskin Friedman at the time, and then uh, 24 years with a firm called PMK, which has since been various other versions of initials from PMK to PMK HBH to PMK BNC, which is now referred to as. And then eight years ago, I started my own company with uh, with the blessings of my boss, thankfully. Good, good. That's that's always the the best way. Well, here on your site, I see that the Santa Barbara Film Festival is not your only client. Do you do you call the film festival a client of yours? Yes, the film festival is a client. I was hired uh, twenty two, twenty three years ago, something like that, by uh, Phyllis DiPachota, who is one of the founders of the festival. At the time, I had never even known what a film festival was, <laughs> but I worked on films, so I, of course, had some familiarity with with how that works, but never been to one before, so this was a first, and she still hired me. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I see that you uh, also have the Palm Beach Film Festival and the Sonoma Film Festival. Yeah, that one was a fun one. That just ended a, a couple about a week and a half ago. Yeah, I was at the Phoenix Film Festival. I guess it's three weeks ago now. I was speaking in Phoenix. They were having the film festival, and I just, you know, happened in and was able to spend some time. Similar to what happened to me last fall, where I was speaking in Toronto, and sure enough, it was the Toronto Film Festival. I got to see Argo in Toronto. Oh wow! So that was that was very exciting for me. Well, when you get going with each year, so like right now, have you already started for next year's film festival? Oh yeah, we're already kind of throwing ideas out, and um, you know there are a couple of events that we deal with leading up to the festival. They do their summer uh, silver screen splash, um, or is it silver screen bash? I'm not sure which. Um, <laughs> Either that, a splash or a bash. <laughs> I think it's bash <laughs> that they do during the summer, and then uh, at some point we'll have our. Uh, our next Kirk Douglas Award for Excellence in Film fundraiser, and then the festival. So, yeah, talks have already begun. They pretty much start, you know, we, we give ourselves a chance to recuperate from the festival, of course, although not me, not so much, because I had to jump into uh, the uh, Academy Award final portion, um, so I never really did get a break from that. But um, after about a month, we started talking about the next year. Okay, because in my mind, you know, I'm just uh, an outsider. I just, you know, have attended the festival. Either I buy a pass or I buy individual tickets, or this time, you know, for the first time I was a volunteer. I always thought all these years it was so amazing that you got the people that you did because I thought it was a coincidence that they had been nominated for Academy <laughs> Awards. And I well, thought, in oh, a way you know, it what is. a coincidence. Yeah, is, I mean, is it a little bit? Well, yeah, because we get these people um, booked uh, – Based on instinct, really, you know, in, and Roger really does have a, a, an incredible uh, instinct when it comes to what's going to stand out and, and survive the season. So, you know, a lot of these films you get to see as early as um, August or September at Telluride or at Toronto Film Festival, and that's really where they start laying the groundwork for the award season. So he bases those decisions and on very early word of mouth and then you just keep your fingers crossed that by the time the nominations come through that they emerge as nominees okay. and our our track record is pretty darn good i would i would say so yeah i've been to telluride many times uh i camp there there's a campground just outside of town just uh -huh. one one block past do you know where that is i've only been there twice so i'm not that familiar with the area but uh i, I have a 
basic sense. Yeah, it was so wonderful. And I mean, I camped before it was cool to camp. So <laughs> then it became, you know, really, really cool. I, I've never slept actually inside uh, in a bed or in a room or anything inside in, in Telluride. Oh, wow. So it's amazing. All right, well, let's move past film festivals and talk a little bit about individual uh, clients. Like I hear, see some pictures here like Jimmy Smith's. When someone like that comes to you, do they come to you? Does their agent come to you? How does that work? Everything happens differently, and, you know, for whatever reason. Jimmy has happened is really somebody I've worked with since I almost since the beginning of my being in the business, and certainly the beginning when he was in the business, because uh, mm-hmm. we, we signed him, um, and at the time I was an assistant, so I wasn't his publicist at the time, but I did a lot of things with him, so it was almost like that, but uh, he came on when he started on L.A. Law, so we've worked together since 1985. Okay, and what types of things, then, would you do for someone who's who's an actor? What do they need from you? Well, the the reason for bringing on a publicist is fairly basic, although uh, there's been a little bit of you know time shifting as far as you know, what the job entails. <laughs> there's a lot more involved in it nowadays than there used to be. But um, the basic reason is to get publicity, is to get you know profiles and articles and TV appearances in front of the the uh, the TV viewing public or the you know theater going public, so that they become aware of your existence in any particular show. So publicity brings awareness, and that eventually leads to future jobs for them. And you know if 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 you do it right, they stay on with you for a long time. Which in this case, Jimmy has. We've been we've worked together for I don't know what twenty seven, twenty eight years now. All right, because the business that I do on the internet is similar in that it's so, so important for us to get that visibility, and that's what we call it, yeah. trying to gain visibility so that people know who we are a little bit because it, ours is a small world, just a microcosm of society, but that's that's real important. But when I ask you if your services could be something for me, then you said probably not because it's not entertainment. Well, I shouldn't say it's not entertainment because it is in a sense. It and, is in you know, a sense. And, it's and, true. And I this am day and age, Yeah, in this day and age, too, with the Internet and, and everything that comes with it, uh, that that it's a much broader distinction these days. But um, but it's not in, in my field of expertise. It's, it's really more appropriate, I guess. Um, it, it's like, it's like a, a representing a... Um, Somebody like you know Jay Leno or David Letterman, you know, it's people who are host shows, and these are people that I usually book clients with. <laughs> so it, it it takes on a different kind of connotation and, and type of representation that I've never really fully embraced as far as that end goes. I'm I'm more into the into the the artists that are creating the the content that people want to go see, and uh, you know, in varying degrees, I should say. <laughs> Okay, all right. Well, 
Um, you know, I've heard many times, and I, I know I've always said this with my Rotary Club. I do publicity and marketing for them, which is a big deal. Nobody ever wanted to do it before, and I've done it now for six years. And uh, whenever we kind of get in trouble for, like, sneaking wine, our own wine, into a charity event or something, I always say there is no such thing as bad publicity. I love it when they mention our name, and they're not leading us away in handcuffs or anything for sneaking <laughs> the wine in. No, so how do you feel about that? You know, is it good just to be noticed? for the sake of being noticed? Well, it's not that cut and dry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In some cases, yes. In some cases, no. I mean, it really just depends on the circumstances. But if you're somebody who has not had a a high profile and becomes known due to some sort of infraction, where it goes (laughs) after that is, is what's key, you know, there's there's a lot of instant celebrities in the, in the world these days, you know, because of you know social networking and Twitter and whatever, and reality shows pretty much. You know, people yeah. become famous for for different reasons than than it used to be. But it's what you do with it after that, you know. So if you're getting if you're continuously getting bad publicity, it's not necessarily always a good thing. <laughs> but okay. if you turn that around and, cre- and create you know, a new path for yourself, and and you have that to fall back on. I became known because of this, but this is what I do, and people will take notice because they've heard your name. It's not such a bad thing. Okay, so when you work with a client, you are the one that really guides them as to something they should attend, um, somebody they should connect with, that type of thing. You're giving them advice in that way? Yeah, you know, there's, there's different approaches to doing publicity and you really have to put some thought into a strategy that um for instance you know for publicizing an individual in comparison to publicizing a film festival is quite different uh for an individual you know for somebody like jimmy smith you don't see things on him every day and there's a reason for that because people will get really tired of him really fast (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you just don't want to saturate, you know, the world with a lot of things. And then before you know it, you really have nothing new to talk about and people will get bored. So we really pick and choose the times that we put him out there uh, to promote any particular project. That's that's why you usually see somebody coming out. The only time you see them is to promote a project. Well, that would be why. Uh, it, there's no – it's it, – there's – it. It's no particular reason to go out there and talk about yourself just for the sake of talking about yourself. Unless you're, unless you're a reality star. <laughs> okay, so less is more. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I was brought up in the business. Less is more, uh, quality over quantity. Okay, because I think you know my my people that will be listening to this that um, you know a lot of us we feel like every single day we've got to get out there and let people know who who we are and what we're doing. I think what you're well, that's saying the social is a networking mentality. Yes. You know, because yeah. you have to have constant contact on a Twitter uh, content on a Twitter feed or Facebook or whatever, and and it, it definitely applies in some cases. You know, whether it's an event or a film festival, like you want that constantly out there, um, as compared to having somebody else constantly putting themselves out there. Different people are better suited to social networking than others. You know, that's why you see a lot of comedians on on Twitter because it's a great <laughs> forum for them. You know, it's it's like uh you know where something like uh youtube and uh uh what's the um shoot I'm forgetting the name of the the site where they do a lot of the, the comedy short films oh uh, um 
Yeah, I can't funny think or of die. Funny or die. Okay, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was completely blanking on that one. <laughs> you know, funny or die is is you know that's a good uh, launching point for short filmmakers that want to venture into feature filmmakers, for instance. Um, but you know, for comedians and and people who are, um, it kind of like in the forefront of of the industry. You know, that's a great outlet for them to just constantly throwing comments out there and you know god bless them for having something to say all that many times i, <laughs> I don't have that much to say <laughs> that, that's funny that's, that's so, very funny which is probably why i have 71 twitter followers <laughs> 71 it went up in the last week <laughs> one, one more person found you and i've just yeah. connected with you on linkedin so oh, you'll, have, you'll have another linkedin person see now and that's something i found interesting because at linkedin I'm connected. My overall network is almost 13 million people because I have 1,673 connections, and I see that you have less than 500, and I thought, wouldn't you want to have more? Well, LinkedIn is something I've had trouble embracing. It's been around for a while, and I seem to be getting a lot more activity on it lately than, than ever before. But um, I'm, I'm, I accept a lot of people, but I don't know what to do with them after that. <laughs> <laughs> I've accepted you. Now, what's next? However, <laughs> that said, some people have contacted me through that, through uh, through LinkedIn, and it's been an interesting, uh, you know, result from that. So, you know, I can see the adva- the value of it and the advantage of it. But it's it's just more of a professional Facebook than than anything. Yes, yes. And when I first came online uh, seven years ago, it wasn't acceptable for someone like myself trying to do business on the internet to connect with people through LinkedIn because I wasn't in the corporate world. So it was frowned upon, and that changed within a few years, I believe, because of Facebook because they felt that competition. Yeah. And so they became they thought, well, Connie's not so bad. She's just doing business on the internet. Let's let's bring her all in and encourage her. Wow. <laughs> and that's that's what's happened with that. Well, Carol, I, I appreciate you, you know, talking with me and sharing so much insight into what you're what you're doing. Uh if someone wanted to do what you're doing, if they wanted to follow in in your footsteps career wise, would they be able to break in at this at this juncture in time? Well, absolutely. I mean, there's you know there's a lot of you know there's a lot of TV stations and a lot of films and a lot of TV shows and a lot of projects that that all want to vie for attention. So there's plenty of work for all the publicists in the world and then some. It, it it's difficult to get into, but it's not completely difficult if you know you know basic basic tools of of uh conducting business whether it be you know communication or otherwise i mean you just have to get yeah you just have to get your foot in the door and be in the right place at the right time i mean i've i've managed to help out uh, how do i put this there, we've had many interns over the years in santa barbara that have worked with us, and many of those people have gotten jobs in the industry based on you know my involvement with them, and I've introduced them to people, and then they've gotten jobs. So that it's it's you know things like that. They're good stepping stones to that sort of introduction. So you know you, you, I would never say to anybody not to try because you can always try, and there's always going to be a place for somebody who knows how to do the work. All right. It is a lot of work. It is a lot of work, so the person would need to conduct themselves well and volunteer perhaps in the beginning. Well, 
you know, I mean, internships are certainly a good way to start. But, you know, I think the key is, you know, is being responsible for your output. You know, you can't come in to a job and just expect things to happen for you. You have to make them happen. So, and that's that requires a lot of, you know, forethought and uh, resourcefulness and, and just learning how to figure things out instead of, you know, sitting here asking a question, how do I do this? You know, figuring it out yourself. How do I find this person? Figuring it out yourself. It goes a very long way. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, well, thanks so, so much. I appreciate your time. It was so exciting to meet you and have you be that very first person that thanked me for being a volunteer and welcomed me well, into the press about, room. Talk about fortunate timing, huh? No, yes, I mean, that's, that's the one thing I've always been very uh, uh, aggressive about in, in making sure that the volunteers know that they're appreciated because there are a lot of them that put a lot of time in and, you know, they're not always noticed. And then, you know, it's something that I always do notice. They really are incredible people and, you know, we we are thankful. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, for me, it was wonderful to see it from that perspective where yeah. I actually, you know, I've worked for myself now for seven years. So I was, you know, telling people I know, I said, I have to go to sleep early. I have to get up in the morning and get ready for work <laughs> <laughs> to go to my job. I have to be there at 8 o'clock. And I like to be there, you know, nice and early and a good night's sleep and all that. And it was just so much fun to, to be a part of that. So I look forward to doing it again next year. Well, great. I hope we do see you. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. we will. Yes, yes, yes. It could be at that, that same that same spot and uh you know i can i can do about five days again that works perfectly for my my schedule all right well thanks so much i've been speaking with carol marshall and you can see her site at cmarshallpr.com again this is connie reagan green from hugeprofitstinylist.com be sure to listen to all of the calls in the podcast series bye bye carol bye connie thanks a lot 